More and more states, and even the federal government, are moving to ban drug industry gift-giving practices to physicians. So how is this legislation working, and what does it mean for doctors and their patients? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Sharon Treat. Sharon Anglintreat is a Maine state representative currently serving as House Chair of the Insurance and Financial Services Committee. She is also the Executive Director of the National Legislative Association on Prescription Drug Prices, a nonpartisan organization of state legislators working across state lines to reduce prescription drug prices and expand access to medicines. Sharon is nationally known as an expert on pharmaceutical policy and is frequently presented on issues including prescription drug pricing, marketing and transparency before state legislatures, at academic conferences, and even before Congress. She joins us today from her offices in Hallowell, Maine. Representative Sharon Treat, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks very much for having me. Well, so it's great to have you here. So if you could first tell us a little bit about the National Legislative Association on Prescription Drug Prices and some of the initiatives it has pursued. And more lately, you know, you've been getting a lot of publicity about the effort in Vermont and some other states where they're clamping down on drug company gifts to doctors. Sure. Well, the National Legislative Association is a nonprofit organization that was founded by legislators back in 2000 who were trying to figure out how to reduce the cost of prescription drugs for their constituents. At that time, we were focusing a lot on discount plans, and this was before we had Medicare Part D, which has its flaws, but at least is providing some prescription drug coverage to a lot of older people who did not have it before. So that was some of the impetus, and basically we get together on a regular basis every couple of months to talk about strategy and what legislation is passing in different parts of the country, and we try to provide technical assistance to legislators and information that will help them pass bills. And we've also intervened in court cases in order to defend the laws once they're passed, because often legislation that we promote ends up being challenged by the pharmaceutical industry. So some of the issues besides discounted drugs through a discount plan that we've worked on include marketing efforts, both direct-to-consumer marketing, but also marketing to physicians, and that's where the gift bans and disclosure of payments comes in. We also have promoted legislation to regulate companies called pharmacy benefit managers that are sort of these middlemen that go in there and make a fair amount of money off of managing prescription drug benefits. So, you know, we're looking at impacts on children right now. One of the things we've discovered is there's actually a great deal of marketing of or even collecting of information from minors on the web, which could be used at some point to market uh, drugs to them, and that's not a good thing. Well, and lately, you've been gaining a lot of visibility on the Vermont issue. Tell me a little bit about this, how the Vermont legislature has passed this law requiring drug and device makers to publicly disclose all money given to doctors. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this law is very comprehensive. It was Senate Bill 48. 
it not only requires that drug makers and device makers report on all of the payments and gifts, including meals that they give to doctors and other prescribers of medications and medical devices, but it actually bans the giving of many gifts and payments that currently are paid out. And I know your listeners are from a variety of medical professions as well as the general public, so they should know that this legislation bans gifts from manufacturers of prescription drugs, medical devices, and biological products to any healthcare professional. It would also include hospitals, nursing homes, pharmacists, health plan administrators, or anyone else who's authorized to dispense or purchase prescription drugs or these other products. There's very few exemptions to this gift ban. Exempted would-be samples of prescribed products for free distribution and short-term loans of medical devices, clinical articles, scholarships for medical students. But, you know, by and large, most things, and this would include free meals that have been pretty standard way of doing business in the medical profession, those are now not going to be allowed anymore. And how has this gone over with the physician community? I know that I believe the Medical Society in Vermont supported the bill. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's funny that in different states, it seems that the medical associations or societies have different perspectives. In Vermont, I do think that one reason this very comprehensive law was enacted is that the Medical Society was supportive, along with the Association on Mental Health and a lot of consumer activists and, of course, legislators that worked very, very hard on this. Vermont has already had a law on the books for some years, at least four or five years. They have had a recording requirement for uh, disclosing payments and gifts. It had a lot of loopholes in it, but to their credit, they took the information they got and their attorney general did some very comprehensive reports about how much money was being spent and at least in the aggregate, that information was available. And I think that that reporting helped turn the tide in Vermont because it painted a picture that was of some concern because so much money was being spent, and it was being spent in ways that looked very much like it was intended to really direct the prescribing in certain areas, particularly in psychotropic drugs and cardiologists. Certain specialties were really the focus of that spending. And give me an example of the kind of spending that was common before and the kind that shouldn't be seen now. Okay. Well, I actually have some information that was from Minnesota. Minnesota also is actually the first state that passed a gift ban. It has a lot of exemptions in it, but it was passed back in 1993. And just to make the record complete, the other state with a gift ban of any type is Massachusetts, which passed a law last year, which until the Vermont law was the most comprehensive gift ban in the country. And then there's some modified gift bans. For example, the District of Columbia has a gift ban for members of its P&T committee that determine what goes on their preferred drug list. So going to Minnesota, for example, they found that way back in 2002-2004, payments were $30 million to uh, Minnesota physicians, including... And is that just in one year? Yeah, well, that was in two over two years. Mm-hmm. $30 million, wow. Yeah, $30 million. And like one company, GlaxoSmithKline, spent $5.8 million during that period of time. That would be an example. Or Amgen spent over $4 million. There actually was some very good reporting that was done by 
a reporter for the New York Times, Gardner Harris, who actually put together the information about what doctors were getting payments and also looked at medical background on some of those doctors, some of whom had been hauled before their medical boards for inappropriate prescribing, in this case of psychotropics to teenagers. And, of course, these doctors were being funded by the same companies that were promoting those very drugs. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japs. I'm the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune. And my guest today is Sharon Treat. She's a Maine state representative, but also more broadly is the executive director of the National Legislative Association on Prescription Drug Prices that has been getting some traction with some bills they've been pushing in states that ban gift-giving from drug companies to doctors, and we're talking about some of those efforts. And Sharon, if you will, if you could just continue a little bit. The tracking of this, I mean, millions of dollars people are finding in spent in Minnesota and other places, there have been patterns that some folks did not believe were there. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think, first of all, what's the point of this? I mean, the industry will say, well, this is really necessary because basically this funding is to educate people provide them information. We need to do it because otherwise they wouldn't know about these drugs and that sort of thing. But much of the funding actually goes to particular doctors, and they are mostly going to physicians, although... The big prescribers in certain categories. Yeah, the big prescribers. And the goal here is really to develop relationships with certain physicians and also to fund those physicians that can go out there and kind of go on the stump either on a regular basis through the uh, lecture circuit or just uh, someone that other people look up to and encourage other doctors to follow their suit and to prescribe as they do. And so they very carefully focus on those physicians that, you know, are the earlier adopters that other people look up to. And, in fact, you know, one of the issues I didn't mention that we've been working on is focusing on the use of doctors prescribing information, which is data-mined, and then it gives the companies a very good picture of exactly how every single prescriber is acting. So if you have a prescriber that mostly, say, focuses on and uses the older generic drugs, which many doctors feel are safer because they've been around longer, they have a much longer track record, and they know, you know, what the side effects are, well, that doctor isn't spending a lot of money buying, you know, some brand new top shelf, just came off the, you know, research line drug that is often very, very expensive. And, you know, of course, the goal of, of these companies is to sell their drugs. That's certainly understandable, but they have a lot of money spent on targeting particular doctors to get them to switch over and then convince other doctors to come along. And that's what all of these payments and gifts are in aid of. So that practice of data mining their prescription records is another activity that our organization has taken a look at. And a number of states, including Vermont, have passed laws that prohibit that activity because they feel that it's basically undermining public health. It interferes along with these payments with the doctor-patient relationship and really the providing of good medicine. And it also very much drives up the cost of health care, both in the private marketplace and as provided by state governments through their various health care programs, Medicaid and other programs. 
Well, let me ask you this. So in Vermont, now they have this law. Yeah. And so let's just say I'm a drug rep. And then you go out and I take a physician golfing and I pay for his lunch. How is that going to be enforced? How will I be prevented from doing that? That's a good question. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be following you on the golf course to determine whether or not you're buying your own drinks. But I do know, I have spoken and been on the faculty of a couple of conferences that are put on by companies that educate, you know, that people go to who are in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm sure not only them, but it's mostly, and it's all about what are the regulations we have to comply with, and there's a strong interest in these state regulations, and especially because similar provisions, not the ban, but certainly the disclosure regulations are pending in Congress right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that these companies will devise mechanisms to make sure that there is compliance with this law. Are there penalties in the Vermont law or the other ones? Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. There's pretty significant penalties, I think, for violations. Do you know what they are? Just Yeah, so. I think that this law, like a number of the laws in place right now, actually puts violations of the Act under the Unfair Trade Practices Act or Consumer Act, and most of those have pretty hefty penalties, you know, upwards of $50,000 per violation, that type of thing, twenty-five dollars to $50,000. They also provide for injunctive relief. They allow the attorney general to go in and enforce the law and sometimes also permit consumers and others who feel they've been affected to enforce the law. And I do know that the Vermont law does have penalty provisions in it. And let's face it, nobody wants to be on a list or have a public record against them as somebody violating a law, whether it be a company or a physician. So that's certainly true. And one of the reasons, though, that states have gone this path is that there have been some policies and codes of conduct adopted, particularly by the pharmaceutical industry, I think more so than the medical device industry. But those have not really been complied with, and there's no mechanism to ensure that they are complied with. And that is a big difference when you have a state or federal law. You do have some mechanism to comply with it. You can always have congressional reports seeing whether or not a company is really paying attention to the law or not and shining a spotlight on them. And so I think there's more of an opportunity to make sure that the provisions are complied with. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Representative Sharon Treat from the state of Maine, who has been our guest. And we've been discussing various state bans on drug company gift giving to doctors. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, we're online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. This is Dr. Stuart Finder with Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, and you are listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals.